progress and joy. That's my theme of today, progress and joy. Progress and joy. You want to say that with me? Progress and joy. Now, I don't know whether, how many of you had Christmas decorations up? Yep. So how, how many of you put them down already? Oh, yeah. Thank you. There's some of us have. So, but there are things, aren't there, we need to leave behind and things we need to move into at any stage in life. And so New Year's a time we often think about those things. It is really kind of rather romantic, isn't it, that Ted and Daphne died within eight days of one another. There's something very special about that. And... Um, 60-odd years of marriage. How long? Could, does anyone remember how long they were married? S 68 years of marriage. Isn't that amazing? That is just stunning. So for all of us who are married, there is something to aim at. And um, <clears throat> so... And I do think there is something, you know, that people, uh, people hold on. I think Daphne, she was such a devoted wife. She was wanting to care for Ted... And, uh, and so I think she was holding on and then could let go once he had gone. There's something about that. I don't know whether there's science to that or what, but uh, I feel there's something true about that. It's something really amazing. So um, I, I want to speak about progress and joy. I want to do this from the beginning of Philippians, the epistle of joy, one of uh, the epistles of Paul. That's Philippians means it's written to the Christians in Philippi. So we have a map. Philippi is in what is now northern Greece. It's right up at the top, sort of almost the right-hand corner on the map there. And uh, written about 60 AD, uh, from almost certainly from Rome, where Paul was in prison. And uh, so he, which he references in this passage. And um, so this, he was not in an easy place, but he writes about joy. And he's writing to these Christians, old friends of his in Philippi, and uh, where he had been and planted that church. So we read from verse 12 of uh, what Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 would be on the overhead, or you can look, it on, uh, look at the Bible on your phone or on a paper copy if that's what you've got. Verse 12, now I want you to know, right? Paul says, I want you to know. There is often scripture writes in this way, there's something for us to know. So now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, which you might have thought was a disaster. Paul's in prison, how awful, how sad. He says, I want you to know that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel, which is actually the verb for progress. This is to progress the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard. This is the elite guard of the Roman uh, imperial palace <clears throat> and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ <clears throat> and because of my chains most of the brothers and sisters the other brothers and sisters the other Christians in Rome have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry but others out of goodwill the latter do so out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing, right? The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know 
So you should learn this too. I know that through your prayers, number one and two, and through God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. That was Ted and Daphne's faith, wasn't it? Moving on, verse 21. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Say this verse with me. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He again goes on. He's musing out loud about what might happen. He's facing a trial before a Roman judge. He doesn't know whether he'll be found guilty and sentenced to death or he'll be acquitted and discharged and able to go and renew his acquaintance with the Philippians. And so he writes in this way. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labour for me. Do you know that's true? If you're alive for 2017, it means fruitful labour for you. This is the heart of God for you. Uh, yet what shall I choose I do not know I am torn between the two I desire to depart and to be with Christ which is better by far right Ted and Daphne are proving that right to depart to be with Christ which is better by far literally in, in Paul's Greek says much much better but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. Repeat that phrase, progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you, again, your, bless, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. You know that God wants you to be boastful. He wants you to be boastful. British people don't like that, but but he wants us to be boastful. So let's think about this. Negative events can advance the gospel, we learn at the beginning, right? He's been imprisoned. It's so easy for us to hear that something has negative has happened in somebody's life, somebody we know, maybe somebody else in church, and to assume, oh dear, that's so terrible. But actually, Ted and Daphne were examples to us of people who knew that disasters are not the end. They don't determine, actually, who we are. And um, so Paul found ways to turn this, this difficulty of being in prison to gospel advantage. And we also have that opportunity, and we will have it again in 2017. And these are good things. So this, this, this palace guard, this maybe is like the parachute regiment or the Royal Marine Commandos. There are elite forces amongst all these people who were stationed at the imperial palace where the prisoners were kept who'd, who'd appealed to Caesar. Do you remember Paul had appealed to Caesar, which at that time was Nero, a very unpleasant character indeed, if you know any Roman history. And it's not the sort of person you'd think, oh, oh I'll appeal to his good judgment. Duh. 
right? It's, it's not the sort of thing you'd think of in that context. But uh, he appeals there, and, and he has that opportunity. Paul had that opportunity in that very, that right at the center of the Roman Empire, one of the biggest civilizations that's existed in the ancient world. And he's right there at the very center of it. And he can confidently say the entire palace guard are aware that he is a Christian, and he's been imprisoned because of his faith. What a confident thing that is. Just before Christmas, for the second year running, Christians at the Borough Council organised a carol service at, at the Civic Centre in Adelstone. And if you know that new building there where they've got the shared space with the library and stuff, it's a lovely big space. And uh, I got, this year I got the opportunity to preach there. So just two or three minutes of a preach and uh, 50 or 60 people actually gathered, but other people working in the space. And you just think, well done, those guys working in the council. They'd asked for permission, they got permission, and, and they're there, as it were, showing clearly that they are followers of Christ, inviting other people from the council offices to come down at lunchtime for that carol service. All power to their elbow. They were doing like Paul here. Um, they might feel constrained, as many people in, uh, in civil service or in uh, local governments, they're very constrained by policies about how you sh- may or may not share your faith. But they'd stepped out and created space where the gospel could be announced and God- carols could be sung. So Paul, let's, say, let's be clear though, he wasn't rejoicing that he was in prison. He was rejoicing that the gospel was not chained, although he was chained. Yes. Yeah? So Christians are not sadists. And uh, Ted and Daphne kept sharing their faith to the end of their lives. Right? They kept putting out there in the goodness of God. So Paul's chains caused other Christians in his day to become confident in the Lord. Did you see that in verse 14? It says, these other people, because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord. It actually stirred confidence in other people. Let your memory of Ted and Daphne stir you to be confident in the Lord because God wants us to be confident in the Lord. Our God is not helped by us when we lack confidence in the Lord. That doesn't help him at all. He wants you to be confident in the Lord. And so please be stirred up. Let 2017 be a year. Maybe as you reflect on your own life, you might think, yeah, I'm not very confident in the Lord. Well, in 2017, make progress in becoming confident in the Lord. It is his desire for you to become confident in that way. Ted and Daphne displayed that confidence and I suggest we can honour them by walking into it. Now Paul, we're told in verse 14, rejoiced in what was preached. So, sorry, in verse 15, 16, 17 and then he gets to verse 18. Uh, he says, what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached and because of this I rejoice Right? The main thing is to keep the main thing. Ted and Daphne were confident to dare to proclaim Christ. I knew them for some, over 25 years and they found numerous ways to share Christ. And from the stories they told me all through their lives, they'd done children's work, they'd done youth work, they'd done, they, they had done every kind of ministry that you could do through their lives. Right? And, uh, and, and they were still urging people to follow Christ into their old age. Just last year, I think that one of their neighbours was widowed and they wanted to help him to organise the funeral and they were enlisting help of other people. 
to do this. So they were always looking for opportunity. They served the gospel with courage, with expectation. They had this confidence that Paul spoke about in verse 20. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body. They had an expectation of that. So I want to say that their, Paul's imprisonment had this effect on other Christians around, that it caused them to grow in confidence in the Lord, right? They became more confident in the Lord. Well, if Ted and Daphne had any impact upon them, if there was any example from them, their lives would be honoured if we would grow with confidence in the Lord. And if there was anything that they urged upon you, because they, Ted was for many years an elder in the church, they were, as, as you were saying, they're like mothers and fathers, aunts and uncles, they have spoken into many of our lives. If they have ever urged something upon you that was from the Lord, well now is the time to actually get round and do it. Right? If, you, if they have urged something, that which God has spoken, and they've urged it upon you, and you have still not had the confidence to go forward in it, well, this is the time, right? This is the year. Go forward in confidence on what they have proclaimed to you. And then we read of Paul, we get to, I've already read it, verse 18, that he says, he rejoices. He says, because of this, I rejoice, yes, and I will continue to rejoice. What an emphatic way of speaking about it, saying, I will rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. Now, rejoicing like love is one of those things that modern people think is completely out of our control. Right? That's what modern people think. They think love is completely out of control, our control, and rejoicing is completely out of our control. That w- these are simply the temperature gauges of stuff that's happening in our life. The scripture says quite differently because you'll notice it says, I, uh, because of this I rejoice, and yes, I will continue to rejoice. Right? Paul's rejoicing was not just he happened to wake up, oh, I feel rejoicing today. No, he says, I will continue to rejoice. This was something that comes from within. It's something that comes from the heart. You know, in recent years, Ted lost the sight in one eye. I can't remember. Brian, you must remember. It was 10, 20, 15 years ago, wasn't it? Do- doesn't matter. He lost the sight in one eye. And, you know, it, it would have been possible, I suppose, at that time for Ted to have become bitter and resentful why this wasn't spotted, why there wasn't an earlier intervention and stuff. I don't know if there could have been. Brian, you might know more yeah, so it's probably, but, but I, I never heard Ted being bitter about, what, about losing the sight in that eye. In fact, most, many of you perhaps wouldn't have even been aware with it. He just kept on rejoicing. He, uh, there was no fuss made, and he kept on sharing Christ. Ted and Daphne, like most of us, had countless opportunities to be miserable. There are, there, are always, there are always reasons for us to be miserable, right? They had them too. Now, please, I understand there's differences. If you have mental health issues, there can be other factors playing at work here. So I'm not talking about the question of people's mental health. But, um, you, you know, t- t- Ted, we, as we know, he became suffered really with dementia in these more recent years. And what occasion that would have been for Daphne to become miserable, <coughs> Uh, resentful or whatever but she didn't she rejoiced that there was provision along the way she kept praying and looking they kept praying together she rejoiced that 
You know, they were both in St. Peter's Hospital in different wards. She was supposed to be moving out to Rodwell Farm. It got delayed a day, and that was the evening where the medics said to the family, look, we think Ted won't last much longer. And because she was still on the ward, she, they were able to take her through to see Ted uh, that, uh, just a few hours before he died. And she was thankful for all these things. She was thankful for family, thankful for friends. She was thankful. She cultivated thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is part of rejoicing. So Christians do not rejoice in unpleasant circumstances. We rejoice through unpleasant circumstances. And it's not always easy to do. And I'm not saying we have to pretend that to be happy when we're not. But, you know, it's a good thing to rejoice. Smiling is a good thing to do. On the out, there's a lot in several verses in Proverbs that speak about the, the countenance. And your countenance is actually important. You can affect your heart with your face. We think the heart controls the face but I want to tell you your face actually helps control your heart my first full-time permanent job was working as a shop assistant and it wasn't the thought of sort of job I thought I was going to end up with having gone to university but that's what it was I was miserable and God had to deal with me about that and one of the things I discovered was how much better the day went when I smiled it made a complete difference. Uh, it, was a, it was a revelation to me. I believe God gave. And when I determined, I, okay, I'm going to smile today, the day went fast and the day went a much happier. And when I forgot about doing that, it was a miserable day. And I know that can sound trivial, but actually it makes a difference. I, 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 we're, we, we're constantly celebrating anniversaries of the First World War. And I bet there were people in trenches who, out of their sheer good humour, transformed trench life experience, right? I, I bet that was true. And um, so there's this bit of doggerel we sometimes have quoted. Smiling is infectious. You catch it like the flu. When someone smiled at me today, I started smiling too. I walked around the corner and someone saw me grin. When he smiled, I realised I had passed it on to him. <laughs> I thought about the smile and then realised its worth. A single smile, like mine, could travel round the earth. So if you feel a smile begin, don't leave it undetected. Start an epidemic and get the world infected. There's something really true about that. So... Um, of course, you need to have that smile well grounded in your hope in Christ. So moving on, verse 19 and 20. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision, through your prayers and God's provision, there are two things that are mentioned here, prayers and God's provision. Prayer and provision. The provision specifically of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. We see the Trinity there, don't we, that we were just singing about as we broke bread. God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Through prayer and provision, what has turned out to me, what has happened to me, will turn out for my deliverance. How is your life going to turn out in 2017? What are the factors that will influence how your life will turn out in 2017? How the nation will turn out in 2017? How events will turn out in Syria or other places where we may have a, an interest or family members like Nigeria or whatever? How about in the, this church or other churches in this town, in Adelstone, in Egham, in other surrounding areas where we live? How will things turn out and what 
affects how those things turn out. Well, Paul is very clear what will affect prayer and provision. Those are the things that will affect how things turn out. Prayer and provision. Because, friends, you can make progress this year. Right? You can make progress. The situations you're in, there can be progress. Why? Because of prayer and the provision. Prayer and provision. So the, uh, one of our values is that we're expectant as a church. And so Paul writes here, I know that th- he writes here about uh, verse 20, I eagerly expect and hope. I eagerly, what is this expectation and hope based on? It's based on prayer and provision. It lands rare, right back in that place. So this has two dimensions. And so it's uh, this confidence that God is in us uh, it's a confidence in God in us to pray. You know, the, we sometimes hear Christians say things like, oh, let go and let God. This is not a biblical exporta- ex- exhortation. It's not a biblical encouragement. You're not encouraged to let go. Our Father encourages us to actually pray, to reach out, to be belligerent in prayer, to, to, to make big requests, to go after God, to make bold claims. And to, to really put out in prayer because uh, he's not, by all means, start in, with quite tame and small prayers. But push to make big prayers. Push to get out there, to put God on the line. And don't threaten him about it and say, well, if you don't turn up, I'm not going to follow you. This is not prayer. That, that's, that, that, that's a kind of manipulation. That's not what you're supposed to do. But you, you, but you reach out on the basis of big promises, like we were encouraged earlier, that the promises of God a yes and amen in Jesus we know for certain we will receive those promises one day but we're already pulling the future into the present through prayer and things will not things uh, there are things that will not happen if we do not pray right so prayer is important and Paul had confidence in his own prayers and in the prayers of the saints so should we and so this that this encouragement of Ted and Daphne they were prayers Right? They, they didn't think, oh, we're old now, we don't need to pray. No, they were prayers. They used to ask after you. Those of us who visited them, they would ask after you and pray for you. Right? And uh, the, they didn't say, oh, I'm blind in one eye, I can't do this, I'm decrepit. I, I'm, I, the, no, there was no excuses. There, there was just delight, right? the joy of praying, the confidence that it matters and it makes a difference. And... Um, rejoicing and boasting in the provision that God had given in, in, as he helped them in their lives. So let us be those who pray, but also knowing that God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, that this affects how things turn out. There is prayer and there is provision. There's expectation of the goodness of God, of the presence of the Spirit that makes things turn out differently. And Ted and Daphne had this confidence, even just speaking to Daphne in Rodwell Farm last week, that she, she had this place. It was lovely. God had provided. She was declaring, she was boasting in the provision of God. So it's now, since they have um, passed on away, that then Ted and Daphne are worshipping face to face now. They're no longer able to witness in the earth apart from our remembrance of them. So it's now our call to take up their testimony just as we pick up where Paul was or uh, Dorcas or all the saints of the past. We are now in the earth in our day to carry the baton for Christ, that Christ would be preached.
And like Ted and Daphne, to believe that to live is Christ, verse 21, and to die is gain. To have that confidence. So we're not f- afraid, actually, of what can happen in life. And we, we're in an incredibly sheltered environment here in Great Britain compared to Christians in Syria or Iraq or somewhere like that or North Korea or countless places, Eritrea, Somalia, places where it's very dangerous, Pakistan, very dangerous to be a Christian where this would really could be tested much more than we probably face this being tested. But Ted and Daphne, they were praying that Father would take them to be with him. They were looking forward to dying. They were. They wanted to go to be with the Lord. They felt they had done their work. They didn't know longer. They were still praying, but they, they, they knew they were very aged and they felt it would be better for them. They were they felt like they had the choice that Paul teases us with as he writes it, doesn't he? Which shall I choose? Shall I die or shall I live? You kind of think, what, you crazy person? You know, the Bible doesn't teach suicide as a way of trying to shortcut our way to heaven. It, it doesn't teach that, okay? That's not something Scripture teaches. It teaches uh, us to let these things be in God's hands, but that we can nevertheless pray about them. And so that's what Ted and Daphne did. So if you're afraid of death today, let their lives actually stir you. In 2017, how will you escape the fear of death? Now, there's, there's a difference, listen, friends, between fear of how you're going to die and fear of death. Those are different things, right? I have a hierarchy. Drowning is not a way I want to die, so that's, that's well down my... And I don't fancy that. So... Um, you might, I don't know, this is maybe a crazy thing to think about, but, but how you'll die is a different thing, isn't it, to, to actually being dead, okay? Because and I don't think I ever will be really dead. My body and spirit will be separated one day if Jesus doesn't return. And that the process of separation may be a bit uncomfortable, I don't know. But once it's happened, I will be in a place better by far. Right? Better by far. And this was the faith that Ted and Daphne had. And by the grace of God... They both died peacefully. <clears throat> and, and then moving, uh, must, wrapping along. So he, Paul believed that he would remain and his confidence that he would remain was to do with the fact that he believed if I'm around, there's blessing for you. And for 2017, I want you to, 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 to embrace this. Actually, wherever you are, there is blessing in your place of work, in your family, in, in your small group, in church, when you come along, you make a difference. Your contribution makes a difference. Paul believed his contribution made a difference. Right? He says, he convinced of this, uh, he says, verse 25, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. Right? He believed he was there for their progress and joy in the faith. Do you know you're on the earth for a purpose, dear friends? Yes, it's for your progress and joy in the faith, but actually that when you're, the people you're around, they also, through you, make progress, are, pro- are provoked to make progress and have joy in the faith. I want to encourage you about that, to, to help you think. You know, we can think, oh, I'm just a little person. It doesn't really matter who, whether I say anything or do anything. That's a lie. That is a lie. It does matter. Because you are here not only for your own progress and joy in the faith, but that you might affect other people. Maybe that homeless person, that person who comes with a food voucher to food bank, uh, that parent struggling with parenting who comes to the parenting course, that neighbour 
who's, who's uh, struggling and you offer to mow their lawn or whatever it is. The, our kindness, our words, they can help others make progress and joy in the faith. And this was certainly uh, Ted and Daphne's faith and practice in their lives. So we can make progress. Now, the Bible says that you can make bad progress and good progress. In 2 Timothy, there's several passages which talk about people kind of growing in ungodliness and stuff like that. So we, in 2017, we have a choice, actually. We can grow in, in rubbish and stupidity, or we can grow in the faith. And so we want to progress well. We want to progress well. In 1 Timothy 4, 14 to 15, which is a slide for Elspeth, uh, Paul writes, wrote to his young uh, disciple Timothy, do not neglect your gift which was given you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Right? There is progress to be made. And so I want to give you, suggest a tool to you. You, you make a list. Oh, I meant to get a flip chart out and I forgot. I apologize. But make a list of your responsibilities that you have. Maybe uh, you, you might have what you feel is quite a short list. Maybe you're widowed or divorced single. You don't have children. You, you, you might have your own responsibility, your, your job, just the responsibility of your own self, your job. Some, something you volunteer in, something like that. It might be quite small. Or you may be uh, caring for an el- partly caring for an elderly relative who's quite infirm, have children that you're trying to raise, a spouse, a job, something you volunteer at church, a small group you lead at church, uh, um, be part of the PTA at school. You might have a whole list of headings, right? And, and, and so you could make a list of all these different things and then if you oh, really need the flip chart, should have thought of it. If you can imagine a, a circle, if we draw a circle, which is like a wheel, yep, like a wheel, a circle. And then if you imagine old-fashioned wheel with spokes, which gives you sections, yep. So think about your, each of those sections. So this is a good thing to do at the beginning of the year. So you might think about maybe you've got children, dependent children. So you could have a section about your children. How well are you doing as a mum or a dad? What ambitions do you have for the progress and joy of your children in 2017? Compare it with 2016. Just think, where are you? Do you need to... Can you lift your performance here, right, or or not? And then take another section, how you are as a husband or a wife. How well are you doing for the progress and joy of your spouse? How how well are you doing? What, what, What actual initiatives do you have in plan? What practical action or prayer targets have you got in that matter and then you can shade it in from the middle if you actually think goodness I barely thought about this at all you can only shade in a little bit you see but if it's something you're doing really well on you can shade in quite a lot and then take each spoke obviously if you have many responsibilities the spokes have to be narrower do you understand and you're building up a picture of your wheel and the thing is to make progress on a wheel the wheel needs to be round yeah, if you chop off, if you take out, so if it's very uneven, the boot's going to be a very bumpy ride, isn't it? Yeah. And so it's quite helpful to get, it's quite helpful to make sure that you're making progress in all the areas quite equally, otherwise you have quite a bumpy ride. 
Because if you invest entirely in one thing but neglect another area, I want to tell you it'll sting you. Right? It will sting you. You say, oh, I'm making such progress in prophecy and stuff like that. Yeah, but what about your marriage? Yeah? You, you need to kind of think about balancing this out so that you can make progress, okay? And, and have ambitions and hopes. So think about each of these areas maybe. I'm not a big forward planner, but it's good to have a little bit of a sense. What is it that you are aiming at in each of these areas? So that's hopefully my description. Apologies I didn't have the flip chart out. So progress. And then joy, joy. You know, all obedience to God should be joyful. What the Bible describes is beauty obedience, not duty obedience. Yeah? Beauty, buh, beauty obedience, not duty obedience as we walk with Christ. Joy is actually willingness. That's what joy is. We, we think, as I said earlier, we can think, oh, joy, that's something completely out of my control. No, no it's not. Actually, joy is willing. Joy is being willing. When you come and worship, if your worship is willing, it is joyful worship. If it comes freely and you, 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 you freely come and you, you gladly, you, you willingly declare the greatness of God, you willingly turn your attention off yourself, your own situation, the dinner in the oven, your plans to buy that bit of kit in the sale or your... We have all this stuff going on in our heads. When we put that to one side and willingly turn our attention to worship Jesus Christ, we willingly, those deadlines at work, put them aside, those, um, that holiday you're planning, all the stuff, right? we put it to one side and we, it's not that we, these things are necessarily evil or bad, but we get them, let them put, find their proper place beside Christ. And we turn our attention to him willingly, this is joy, to willingly be involved, right? To come along and serve in the youth work or whatever it is you do or serve on that PTA, to go joyfully. So as many people do things miserably, as many people turn up at work on Monday and they turn up miserable. No, our Christians should go to work on Monday joyfully, right? Willingly, because this is what the, the life we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be shining lights in this dark world. It's a very miserable world. And, um, and we're able to do that without drinking alcohol or taking drugs, right? Out of the Holy Spirit, the provision of the Holy Spirit of Christ from God. So, and the outcome of all of this, so that through my being with you, verse 26, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound, right? We're going to be boasting. We were doing it earlier. We were boasting about what God has been doing. We've been seeking and opening the mic each week to say, come and tell stories. This is, this is the boasting that's described, to come and boast about what God has been doing, about what he has done, and that we may influence one another to do this. Boasting in Christ Jesus will abound. Can you, can you imagine that as an ambition? We, 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 oh, goodness, a bit uncomfortable, isn't it? Boasting in Christ Jesus will abound. Well, we know it happens, don't we? It happens in our groups. I hear you doing it. At, we love it, don't we, when we hear those stories from one another. What God's done. Do you, can I tell you about what happened with my daughter in Sweden or, you know, or son? And, and um, 
or whatever. The stories we tell one another. Just seeing John, John and Jenny there made me think of the stories you tell from the family in Sweden or whatever. Right? We tell the stories. We're boasting. Right? We're boasting in him. We're pointing to him. Say, hey, what Jesus did. And 27 should be, 2017 should be filled with that. So why don't you take a to stand up if you're able to now and just present yourself before the Lord for for this year.